What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We're back at it. Plenty to discuss. Plenty to go over in the baseball world. Lots is happening. Honestly, this is the best spring training or March, I should say, preseason time frame I've seen in a long time. Of course, we have spring training, but it's the World Baseball Classic. And for some reason, this one feels different. I think people are just more invested in it. If you look at it statistically, there have been way more viewers in this World Baseball Classic than we've seen before. And it's really bringing the baseball world together. So that's that's just a big win. So round of applause for Major League Baseball and International Baseball for putting this together and everyone doing what it takes to get the world stage or get baseball on the world stage in this way. It's been a great one. And now we have a finals set. It is going to be USA versus Japan in Miami, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. So let's go over what's went on up until this point. So over the weekend, we had a thriller in Miami between USA and Venezuela. USA beat Venezuela thanks to a big grand slam by Trey Turner, which helped them win that game. Then they moved on and they played Cuba. USA would thrash Cuba and punch their ticket to the final. Japan, on the other hand, is coming off a win against Mexico. So Mexico beat Puerto Rico earlier in the weekend and then, you know, punched a ticket to the semis against Japan. Japan walked off into the final in a thriller on Monday night in Miami. And I mean, who else but Shohei Otani to set the stage for a Munataka Murakami walk off. And Otani comes, you know, running around. By the way, I have never seen Otani show that much emotion in a baseball game before. I, I never have. Then he did there when he hit that double in the ninth inning on Monday night to to set the stage for Japan to walk off. I've never seen Otani. I mean, he's done some pretty remarkable things at the big league level. And he has shown emotion at the big league level, but not to the extent of the way he was celebrating when he hit that double. So Japan... We'll be facing the United States on Tuesday. So this is a tilt of two heavyweights. I think, I mean, yeah, this is, this. I mean, to say if it's the two best teams, I think Japan definitely has proven that, you know, <laughs> they're not to be messed with. They are undefeated so far in this tournament. And I would say that they're probably the favorites right now. But you have a USA team that has gotten hot at the right time once they reach this this uh, knockout stage, they, they've just been, they've been on fire. So USA versus Japan, you're, you're going to see a good one. You're going to see a good one. Absolutely. And you know, the, the baseball world awaits, awaits this one, the world of baseball won by seeing this matchup. I think this, there's going to be a lot of viewership on Tuesday night, 7 PM Eastern on FS1, but Mexico fought Alex Verdugo, Luis Urias, you know, Randy Rosarina, all these guys put on a show on the big stage. Especially, I want to give a shout out to Randy Rosarina. This this dude has, I mean, not only has he played really well, but he's just played with a lot of charisma. He's shown a lot of charisma and he's won over a lot of new fans just because of the way he does things. He's you know, very, he has a lot of swag. You know, before the game, he's shagging fly balls in boots and a sombrero. You know, he's built a character out of himself. So it makes him very identifiable with fans and people can, you know, band around him. And now a lot, a lot of, a lot of kids and a lot of adults, honestly, just 
will buy a ticket to go watch Randy Rosarena because he puts on a show. That's what it's all about. That is what this game is all about. That's how you do it. So shout out to Mexico for a good fight. But Japan stays undefeated in World Baseball Classic play. I mean, they have won this thing twice. They won in 06 and in 09. The USA is the reigning or defending champion. So this this is a matchup of two heavyweights. Something's got to give. So we're going to see who the champion is on Tuesday night. In other news, let's get some updates on some of the players who have been injured. So we know Jose Altuve hurt his hand during the quarterfinal game on Saturday night in Miami. It is a fractured thumb. He's undergoing surgery. There's no timetable for his return. But you know, one of the estimates that we've seen in the early going is 8 to 10 weeks. So if that is indeed true, that would be honestly on on the right side of things because that would mean that he'd be back sometime in May. And that's that's a that's a huge benefit for the Astros because they're gonna lean on Altuve all season long. And if he can come back sometime in May, that would be a huge win because, you know, he's a huge part of their squad. I mean, Altuve has never had to deal with a significant injury until now. Over the past 10 full seasons, going back to 2012, he's never played fewer than 124 games in a season. And that came in 2019 when he had a hamstring strain. We sent him to the IL for just over a month. But apart from that, all his trips to the IL have been fairly minor. And right now he's facing the most lengthy absence of his career. But yeah, that's, that's tough. If you want to look at a comparison, if you look at Bryce Harper last year, he ended up missing two months with a thumb fracture. Of course, every injury and recovery is different, but it would be reasonable to expect a similar path ahead for Altuve. So I think eight to 10 weeks is a very reasonable time frame to stick to, right? Or just as a guideline. Altuve is 33 in May. He's been one of the better players in the league his whole career, but he's also coming off one of his best seasons to date. Last year, he hit 28 homers, stole 18 bases, and walked in a career-high 10.9% of his plate appearances. He had 300 with a 387 on base, 533 slugging. That's a, if you put that all together, that gave him a 164 rate of runs created plus. So that was a career high mark for him with a, a WRC plus. I mean, that indicated he was 64% better than league average. And defensive metrics on him are split based on you know his glove work, but he's still ranked 6.6 wins above replacement. So, I mean, a lot of people are worried about a age-related decline for Altuve, I don't think we're anywhere near that, considering the fact that he just came off the best offensive season of his career. I mean, by, by a long shot. It wasn't even close. Um, I mean, I guess you could say his uh, 2016 season was somewhat close, but he still, he still just was phenomenal. So Altuve is, is the heartbeat of the Houston Astros, and they need him back as soon as they can get him. So uh, I'm just looking at his, his career numbers. I mean, he's putting up He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Absolutely. He is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He's not there yet. But, you know, you're talking about someone, if he plays for five more years at you know a relatively high level, he's a, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a big ask, but, you know, it, it matters. This is why it matters to, to play for a long time. When I say not for a long time, but longevity, right? So he's going to m- miss perhaps the first two months of the season, but the rest of the season, the remaining two thirds of the season, that's going to be huge for him. And he's going to be able to make up for lost time, but 
you're able to put up these counting stats, which matter so much in the long run. But like, for example, last year, he hit 28 homers, 28 homers. That's a, you know, that's a lot. It's not career high for him. That's he's hit 31 twice before. But, you know, he played 141 games to do that. So if he's going to miss the first two months of the season, you know, you're talking about missing perhaps like 50 games, you know, that, you know, that is, that does take a blow. But nonetheless, the Astros just, they have to think long term. They're coming off a World Series and they're trying to return there. So having Altuve for the postseason is what really matters to them at the end of the day. So that's what they're facing. The Rockies are going to sign Jurison Profar. So Profar finally has a job. It is a $7.75 million guarantee. And so Profar is 30 now. He's had an up and down career, but he's coming off arguably the best season of his career. He played with the Padres last year. And with him, you're getting a good eye and strong bat to ball skills. 11.1% walk rate and a 15.7% strikeout rate. Both of these are a few percent, a percentage points better than the league average. And you get his 15 home runs they hit last year. So all of a sudden you put that together. He had a 110 weighted run created plus. As a switch hitter, you know, he was 10% better than the average overall. It surprises me that he had to wait this long to find a team, especially with someone who's above average with the bat and versatile like that. Defensively, he's played all over the diamond, although the Padres kept him in left field exclusively last year. So I think the fact that he took a long time to find a job is one thing, but the proof is in the pay. They're paying him $7.75 million guaranteed. So that's that, that tells you that they value him. You know, that's not Trump change. That's a good amount of money. That's the kind of money that someone who would have signed early in the offseason could have gotten. So maybe he was just waiting to weigh his options. So he did linger on the open market for months. But, you know, I, I think recent reporting is suggesting he was trying to get $10 million per season. That didn't materialize. But 7.75 is pretty solid. So the Rockies are probably going to deploy him in left field. That's what they're going to do. So, yeah, that's, that's. I mean, you're talking about someone also pro far as a, as a former number one prospect in all of baseball. This was like 10 years ago. 10 years ago when he was you know, coming up with the Rangers, he, he was the uh, number one in all of baseball. But, you know, he had some injuries which kept him from appearing in the big leagues. Uh, you know, after his debut, he was you know, injured a few times. And the Rangers sold high in 2018, trading him to Oakland. And when he was at Oakland, he, you know, seemed to have the yips. He made 11 throwing errors from second base in 2019 and got traded to San Diego. And he was solid enough in the short in 2020 season to earn himself a three-year deal. But, you know, he struggled in the first year before rebounding in the second year, which was last year. So the Rockies are hoping another year of having a consistent left field position for Profar will help him. To be, you know, less, less, uh, inconsistent at the plate. But we'll see. We'll see. So with only 11 days till spring training, or I'm oh, sorry, uh, ten, at this point, what do we have? We only have nine days until opening day, not spring training. 11, nine days till opening day. He doesn't have much time to ramp up for the season. Um, but he did represent Netherlands at the WBC. So he may not need as much time to ramp up. So we'll see um, what the Rockies want to do with him. I think because he's a veteran, they're gonna they're gonna throw him out there. He just played the WBC as a vet. He doesn't need much more. He doesn't really need much more as far as spring training goes. So yeah, season is right around the corner. 
ladies and gents, you know, we are going to, we're going to have that all covered here as we normally do with the regular season. So don't worry about that. But those are our updates for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.